Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host Rich Vale and I'm joined this week by Don Booth. Hello. And by Samuel Luckers. Hello. And it is apt that it's called the Manchester is Red podcast because United did win the derby last night against City in the Carabao Cup. They're out on aggregate but 1-0 win at Etihad. Another good performance from United in a big game, Dom. Two wins away at City in two months. What's the mood like today? Obviously, United haven't progressed from the tie, but positives to take. Yeah, well, you say Manchester is red. You can probably say Manchester is red and blue at the same time, really. But I guess two wins at the Etihad in the same season has got to be looked at as a, a huge positive. I guess coupled with the announcement before the game, well, I suppose we'll get on to transfers later, but with the announcement that Bruno Fernandes is incoming and a, a positive result, if not a progression to Wembley final, um, you've got to say that the mood is, is fairly positive and United have shown that sort of resolve and resilience in big games this season. Uh, it certainly was on display at the Etihad. I think it was almost what the Liverpool game could have been. United battling hard and, and staying in the game surviving an onslaught in in a section of the of the match and the midfield Fred and Matic really coming to the fore and thank goodness they have really for United recently because although Fernandes is is incoming that did look pretty um, bare in the, in those positions so I think there's positives for United to take certainly more than there the were a week or so ago uh, and obviously we'll see how many more positives there are uh, by the end of the month and the January deadline Time after the game last night, Kevin De Bruyne came out and said he had no idea how City didn't win that game. He said United didn't even have a chance in the match, which is Matic's goal out of nowhere. But uh, a win's a win for United, isn't it? And it's certainly the response Solskjaer needed after losing to Liverpool, losing to Burnley, Tramier and Man City wins now. It's a good response for United. It was. They, I thought he got the balance tactically pretty spot on even though the the caveat with that is that City did still create an awful lot of chances City had enough chances to win two or three games really uh, Sterling just has this there's this hex with United he just can't seem to score against them but De Gea had his best game probably I'd have said since Juventus away maybe last season I thought he was excellent he was he was back in world class form and you've not seen that enough from him this season but United were really just restricted to chances on, on set pieces I can't remember an opportunity they had from open play uh, Marshall had a you know pretty much hit a, bars, a pass back at, at Bravo that you know it's still an achievement for Bravo to save a shot on target but uh, it, it just wasn't quite enough I think if they had Rashford it, it would have made an awful lot of difference um, I I I think had there not been the trouble at the end of the game and had Matic not got sent off, we'd have been talking a lot more about Anthony Marshall this morning after what Solskjaer said about, you know, United need a strike who's going to break their nose or break their toe to, to get goals because Marshall was really found wanting again. He's got quite a credible record this season. I think some like 12 goals in, in 27 games, which is decent going for someone who also spent eight weeks out. But I, I just do not see him as a a trustworthy figurehead and okay Greenwood was, was forlorn he was you know he is 18 that, that's bound to be the case with him Marshall's turning 25 next season and you can't talk about him as a potential player anymore if he's got if he's got a world class ceiling he's at least going to try and take uh, to the clean as a, def- a defensive Walker Cancelo and Otamendi I think Harry Maguire of course City more concerned than Marshall did with the header that he probably should have certainly should have hit the target and the free kick he won at the end. So th- that that impotence was was pretty much the difference. I suppose they will reflect on that period in the first leg uh, after City scored and just 
ran right for the rest of the half. That was the key difference between the two teams. Had they kept the scoreline down, had they lost 2-0, lost 2-1, then they'd have had a very good chance of at least forcing a penalty shootout. But it said it all that United's best attacker at the Etihad was was Matic. I mean, he scored a very good goal, but he's, he's passing, I thought... Um, uh, the way he bypassed the city press at times was was really impressive, and it was a pity for him that he blemished what was comfortably his best performance of the season with that that red card. Which I could see where Solskjaer was coming from, but given Matic was on a booking, it was a, a daft thing to pull pull Gundogan back at that stage. Yeah, Dom. It's only a week ago. Well, it was last week before that Liverpool game when fans were bringing up that stat that United's front three had more goals this season than Liverpool's. But it seems like now that Rashford's out, the, the mood really has changed about the options United have up front. Greenwood and Marshall started the game. Neither of them really had an impact. Daniel James came on, was lively, but again, didn't look really up to the standard required in, in the Derby fixture. But do you think that, I mean, we've been saying all January and since last summer that midfield's the priority for United. Now that Bruno Fernandes is coming in, what do you think is the priority? Another attacking midfielder or a striker? Well, long term, probably three players in, in that area. You'd want a, a, another attacking midfielder as well as Bruno Fernandes for me. Somebody like uh, Jack Grealish would be perfect. And I think you also need a right winger and you probably need someone who's a proper number nine because I don't think United really have anybody like that in their squad at the moment and that's why we see these these sort of very odd links with with certain physical strikers I know you've done a piece Rich uh, on the MEN right now about the profile of players that United need to sign Salomon Rondon I think in the, in the mix and Diego Costa and you know people might balk at that but it is a salient point. United are lacking a bit of a focal point. And I think Samuel hit on that point with Martial's inability to... I mean, when you're playing counter-attacking football against City, you need to have someone to hold the ball up. It's just so obvious. Greenwood was marginalised. Fair enough. Martial's got to take that responsibility on. So I think United... They just need, they just need more numbers. They have needed more numbers. They've been carried a little bit by Rashford's form, I think, because he's covered up a little bit for Martial's shortcomings at times. And without him, without Pogba, without McTominay, that form in the new year with the defeats to Arsenal and Burnley, um, you know, it, it's just been it's been exposed. Really, it's like a, a wound that's just had the uh, the salve ripped off it, and it needs to be addressed before the uh, before the January window. Probably won't be. Probably take until the, the summer window for it to properly be addressed. I know it doesn't take a lot for me to say that Mourinho was right. But <laughs> Here we go. With with Marshall and Rashford, he was absolutely correct in calling them as left wingers. I still Marshall's best form for United by far has been as a left winger. It's not been as a striker. Obviously the issue with that is that why did United then take the option up on Sanchez, which all right, at the time a lot of people thought, fair enough, brilliant player, he's worth a punt, he's coming in for Mikatarian. But it did have major ramifications on Marshall and particularly on Mourinho's future, given that it kicked off between him and Marshall in the summer and on the preseason tour as well. But they do they absolutely need it's it's a difficult one because the, the best teams in Europe, the ones who get to the latter stages of the Champions League, not many of them tend to have a out-and-out out number nine. I know you, Tottenham got there with... Well, they didn't get there with Kane last season because he was he was injured for the... the I think pretty much the both legs of the quarterfinals and the semifinals. But that's, that seems to be of a bit of an anomaly. And it's very difficult to identify forward who can be versatile but is also a reliable goal scorer. I, I think Solskjaer, it's pretty clear from the Haaland pursuit that... 
he he wants a number nine. He doesn't want someone who is like Griezmann, who can play there but can play on the right, play you know drop off into the hole, play on the left. But they they do need someone who is going to go into that team and just be a reliable goal scorer, like Lukaku, but a very different type of player. Lukaku was a very flawed player, and I can understand why United were happy to to get rid and you know Lukaku wanted out as well. But that that is a fundamental issue there in the when Rash you take that that attack all season has been one injury away from collapsing it was the case when Marshall was out I think you know Rashford had a really poor run of form during that period and now that Rashford's out until probably late March um, Marshall has, has been well and truly exposed and when someone like Matic is having to mask the shortcomings in the attackers and also I'd say one of the more pleasing aspects about United's win was just how ruthless Solskjaer was in that they were 1-0 up at half time and it's clear Greenwood wasn't substituted because he was injured he was substituted because he just wasn't in the game at all and he thought I need to make a proactive decision so we're going to be more of a threat didn't come off with James because he's been out of form for upwards of a month now but there was that you know he wanted to show that ruthlessness and he did and he especially did with Lingard who apart from winning the free kick um, that led to the goal again just did not did not do anything he's starting as a playmaker he has to be brought back into midfield um, because he's not he's not a playmaker and you know I think we don't need to repeat what Solskjaer clearly said to him on camera or what it was Fans caught saying that, but, but that, that, uh, that was that was kind of the hook for my piece and that you know at least at least Solskjaer showed that side to him but he needs to keep showing that side and especially in the summer window when as he said you know he's mentioned clear out and that needs to continue amid this rebuild after the game Pep Guardiola praised five United players Dom Luke Shaw Maguire Lindelof Fred and Matic and it's quite encouraging that sort of core in the middle of United are, are playing so well at the moment and they've been a, uh, all of them played really well since this calendar year really this is my cue to, uh, to talk about how much I like Fred and how good Fred yeah, has been go recently for it, go for it. Yeah, I mean he has been United's standout definitely uh, since the turn of the year probably probably going back a little bit further than that and what we said on this podcast um, don't want to be I told you so but he did need a run of games he did need to be backed by the manager he needed to come to terms with the pace of the league it's, it's a bit of a cliche when you talk about players coming in from abroad but I think it definitely applied to Fred he seems to be now he's taking games by the scruff of the neck he seems to be very good at holding players off and winning the second ball and United just need to build around him really they need to just give him give him that support and allow him to continue to thrive you don't want to see someone come in and replace him let's say in the summer you, you know he's, he's earned the right to, to stay there for a good while now I think the, the Matic situation is interesting because we all pretty much thought he he'd be off in January and okay yeah he's coming because of injuries to Pogba and McTominay but he's, he's probably he's been very very good recently he's deserved to stay in the team so all of a sudden you've got a few midfield options after after a time when you thought the United basically had no midfield when uh, McTominay went down against Newcastle so yeah another one to be uh, to be hopeful about I think for United fans well, this time this goes live, Bruno Fernandes will probably be posing with the United shirt already. But now that he is a United player, basically, what, what midfield do you think United will go for long term? You said Fred and McTominay with Fernandes in front, but then what happens if they get someone else in the summer? Who, who do you think are in the best position at the moment? They they need the they need the depth there. Uh, absolutely, with with Matic, they will. It's it's difficult to think that they won't. 
I don't think they're not going to trigger the one-year option in his contract. I mean, even if it just means obtaining a fee in the summer, I think it's he's he's had this purple patch where that looks like a fair company now. So it's just a bit peculiar that Solskjaer addressed it as if they needed to talk to him to negotiate a new contract. You don't. You just trigger the one-year option. Um, the the midfield next season it will and needs to be Pogba-less. I mean, Fernandez has been make no mistake about it. He, I know that United do need some more creativity centrally, and they'll probably look to do that with with a playmaker like Madison or Grealish. But I'd be amazed if Pogba and Fernandez just starting in the same midfield um, at the start of next season. Um, that succession plan could could go very very smoothly, and that McTominay and Fred have had encouraging seasons and established themselves as United. I, worthy of being United midfielders anyway. Fernandez is obviously the creative um, midfielder that's going to go in there now and, of course, looks to be the one to replace Pogba. And now between now, between now and the end of the season, they will probably start in games together. And why wouldn't you if you've still got Pogba and he's fit and he's... Not committed exactly because he's, he's clearly not committed. But just try, you try and please. Yeah, it. yeah. He, he can he can turn it on, shall we say? Um, it's also I don't think it's also not a coincidence that it's been mainly turned off since Indin Zidane was reappointed as Real Madrid coach last March. But that is that it's ideal for United in that they've been able they're going to be able to bring in Fernandez. He's going to be, have about four or five months to settle in um, rather than coming in the summer and you know after Euros little time to recovery and then you go into the United team that that would have been a culture shock he's at least going to have some time to bed in um, the fee is insignificant as, a, as I said this week Newcastle wanted more for Sean Longstaff up front than Sporting are getting for Fernandez. whatever the mitigation of him playing in Portugal in a barren league his record outside Portugal in, in that context it is a no-brainer what is significant is that the fans seem to think he is panacea um, not all of not all of them, but I mean, I saw it was, it was dreadful and cringing. But hashtag Bruno Day trending. I mean, Bruno FC. I think this yeah, this uh, is yeah. These these people can go off and support Real Madrid when when Pogba goes there. That you know, it's it is embarrassing. But like you said, United now with Bruno and Fred, they basically have two fifty million pound midfielders now. Yeah. So yeah. the pressure will be ramped up on Bruno to hit the hit the ground running, girl. Yeah. Absolutely, and so it should be. And I think that. Um, I mean, I was speaking to someone today who was querying why United don't have press conferences for signings, especially since it's such positive news. And I think one of the benefits for them, for the player, would be that it would also dawn on them the the, the size of the expectation because the media scrutiny Fernandez will have had in Lisbon compared to here will be a fraction of that. And I don't think anything can quite prepare these players or certain managers for just the gargantuan size of United until they arrive and they see the scope of it and they see their following go up on their, their social media channels etc um, but there, he is under pressure to, to do something this season because there's an awful lot to play for FA Cup um, obviously the, the top four is attainable by virtue of pretty much everybody else apart from Liverpool and City being pretty dire and dropping points left right and centre and the Europa League as well which he's been playing in this season so um, if 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 United win a trophy, if they win the Europa League, 
um, it would be it would be strange to think he won't have played a part in it. Uh, but it's it, again, it's it's quite a drastic about turn from United. Um, they've been at pains to stress that they 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 are not responsible for these tidbits that came out about questioning Fernandez's passing ability or something like that. They 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 maintained the irritation in the summer, as they refer to it, was purely back down to the spurious speculation from the Portuguese media where they were saying something was going to happen, which was never going to happen. I suspect that they partly didn't sign Fernandes in the summer because if they signed him, it'd have given Madrid the leverage to go for Pogba. Just to go back, sorry, on the uh, on the the Pogba and Fernandes, will they play together? How often will they play together? I think Fernandes probably is a better fit in the system that Solskjaer wants to play because there's always been this debate, hasn't there, about Pogba, about whether he's a number eight, whether he's a number 10. Does he play in the midfield two or a three? Uh, And we haven't really seen Pogba play as a number 10 ahead of Fred and McTominay this season, which is probably United's best midfield before, obviously, Bruno uh, Fernandes arrived. So... Having Fernandez ahead of Fred and McTominay for me seems like a better fit. Maybe long term, if they do go for another playmaker in the summer, a Grealish and Fernandez ahead of Fred maybe is an option. But like Samuel said, look at any other Premier League top four, top six midfield, and it's not just these are the first team options and there's nothing else. You know, even Chelsea are not a great side. They've got Kante, Jorginho, my old friend Ross Barkley, uh, Kovacic is a good player. They've got a few options in there. Um, so United have got to get. To that standard it's been pretty pretty criminal that they've not really even had a first choice midfield this season to be honest so as much as fans and the Bruno FC mob on Twitter might want to see Pogba and Fernandez play together I do agree that by the start of next season it does does look very unlikely but that doesn't mean to say Fernandez is the replacement for Pogba it's got to be Fernandez and someone else we've I had to write a lot about Fernando this month. Samuel has become... Mm. United said last summer they were irritated by the reports. It seems we've written absolutely everything that can be about Bruno Fernandes. But what are you expecting from him in the United shirt? What do you think fans should expect from him? Of course, we've all seen the clips on social media and he's a fantastic player. But what do you think he'll bring to this United team? Uh, well, I've, I've probably watched him twice. And on one of the occasions, I thought... This guy doesn't look all that cold. The other one, uh, he, he was decent for... He was the best player in the first half, but then Sporting Lisbon lost against Benfica. I mean, there, there, there as is the case with a lot of deals, there are pros and cons. United say they have scouted him extensively. He's been on their list for a long time. He's never hovered off the radar, um, even though the, the, the stories in the summer from P- Portugal were just... Downright nonsense, really, is the only way of looking at it. Uh, despite United fans' willingness to make this happen, but from what you, from what I've seen of him, he is he's a creative player. And, he, and that's what they need they need creativity in, in that area um, it'll be interesting to see how he does link up with the forwards how he goes about that he's, he's not anything like Sanchez in the sense of a mid-season signing who's coming in and putting noses out of joint there is a vacancy there for him and that's his he's going to be a first teamer whether Pogba's fit or not uh, which I think is probably quite important to him and also to the structure of the team United have maintained that anyone signed uh, for a fee like that is a long term it's it's long term thinking so he's not there just to get them in the top four at all which nobody thought he was going to you know 
come in for a few months and then fade into insignificance. But he is, to me anyway, I mean, look, uh, fair, fair enough to people who watch Portuguese football on a regular basis, but I, I've better things to do in my life. I think we all do. But they're, they're the experts. Speak for yourself, too. Samuel. They, they are the experts, obviously, on those who have watched him on a weekly basis. And you, you speak to the people at Sporting and they, they're very, you know, they've spoken very effusively about him as you as you'd expect them to but the proof is in the pudding and it, it is a big test this weekend if he does start he's coming up against a couple of teammates in Moutinho and Neves and obviously Wolves are infused with you know that Portuguese streak that Jorge Mendes is pretty much responsible for so it's a it's a really tricky task and I remember Mourinho after the 1-1 draw at Old Trafford with Wolves last season he, he said how you know Neves and Moutinho played and Wolves played the way he wants to play in terms of that intensity that aggressive um, running about them and I think one of the overlooked things with Fernandes is that he has got a uh, uh, a nasty streak as well looking at his disciplinary record over the last few years he, he does pick up quite a lot of bookings which some people might say see that as a negative but I think United have been quite lightweight and a bit too you know even last night when Maguire was called over by Kevin Friend the referee to have a word with Matic who was on his final warning Maguire should have been saying well what about that foul that foul that foul you're not going to you know you're not going to address those fouls by City why are you picking on him it was just a harmless foul so they need a bit of a a bit of a snide he doesn't seem a snide as such but they need that they need players who are streaked with darkness at times is the way I can see it I like that that sounds like an album title yeah I'd need to (laughs) (laughs) the new mixtape yeah yeah Mercury Prize winner Uh, Dom we've spoken previously about uh, strikers you know could possibly sign on transfer deadline day is there anyone out there at the moment you think you'd like to see United sign as a striker before the end of the window we, oh, as a, Solskjaer said after the game that he wants someone like, like Samuel said that can break their toes and noses going for these goals someone a bit different up front uh, I know I said before I did say before in this very podcast that United need a focal point but those names do not do not get me excited at all and that's the problem with the January window and that, that's going to be United's issue in the next um, 24 hours or so. Um, obviously, some people probably be listening to this after they've completed the signing of Gonzalo Higuain or something, but I think it would be completely against what Solskjaer and United have stood for recently to go for one of these short-term signings, but needs must, like I said. They're, gonna, they're going to have to do something like that. So I, even someone like Islam Samani, I think, isn't the worst shout. I know that's you're going to clip that probably and then come, it's going to come back to haunt me but just someone who knows the Premier League someone who's who's got that ability to play as a number nine in the league has got a decent touch about them and can pop up with the odd goal someone to, to lessen the burden on Anthony Martial and Mason Greenwood basically and unless you're going to ask Bruno Fernandes to be the number nine within a few weeks of his signing which would be utterly ridiculous then something has to happen otherwise um Larger Ramazani's in the under 23s and he might have to get a game but um, yeah I don't get particularly excited about these signings I know some United fans probably will and it'll be uh, hashtag welcome Slomani but uh, I guess we'll see Samuel is there any striker out there that you'd like to see United sign for deadline day or do you think it's one of those where if a player's not there just leave it uh, at the risk of maybe sounding like so I was going to press conference I think if, unless you're going to just embarrass yourself it's, it's probably not worth the hassle even though there could be 
ramifications there. I mean, look, they, they pinpointed a very good option in Haaland and for reasons that we have put out there, but it was a case of he said, she said in terms of why he chose Dortmund over United. I think effectively he did, he did just reject United because it's not as stable a club and look at what Dortmund did with um, Lewandowski and, and Aubameyang. You know, that, that is a hell of a club to go to if you're a number nine and you want to make your way in the game. It is a difficult one and I think really the way all these names that are cropping up, they're not in for all these names. There are a lot of agents hawking players about, but the fact that there are a lot of these names you know, being linked with United also tells you that they are looking at some of them as well and they had to. But the, they should have known earlier in the season that when Marshall was out for eight weeks and as I said, the, the attack was one injury away from collapsing. They should have been a bit more prepared for it, and I don't think they've been fully prepared. Of course, Fernandez has taken up the bulk of their time this month. Um, I think, in fairness, I'm, I'm not being like pro Ed Woodward here or pro Glazers or what have you, but the way they have played that with Sporting has been pretty correct, I think. In that, I mean, it never saw the light of day, unfortunately. But what what I was told was that the, the likelihood was is, was that the deal would only get done after Sporting had played all their games this month because Sporting were playing Fernandez to kind of like at the big men like he's yeah the value's this we're not going to budge on this whatsoever and United just waited it out waited it out waited it out because they re- they knew that Sporting were desperate for cash are a club in disarray and needed the finances and in the end they managed to negotiate a package which by both clubs can be spun um, in a positive way and that Sporting could eventually bank 80 million euros from Fernandez, and United have got him for in, in pounds sterling and at least cheaper than 50 million pounds I think about one half million pounds more than Aaron Wan-Bissaka who's a right back um, so I, I think although I don't agree with their one at a time strategy when it comes to a January transfer window and you have only got a month and you are negotiating with a Portuguese club they did go about this in a pretty good way it must be said in the end and they knew what they were getting in, in for by, by dealing with sporting um, as well they've, they've had experience with, with Benfica and sporting in the past but it, it could easily have blown up in their faces but fortunately for them they've managed to get that one over the line and Ultimately, if they'd gone a month without signing anybody, that would have been a dereliction of duty because they did have to strengthen the attack. And okay, they might not get a striker in, but I think it's better to present it away as we have improved the attack by signing one of the best players in Portugal, if not the best player in Portugal, possibly, um, who's going to start with Ronaldo and João Felix and Bernardo Silva at the Euros in the summer. Yeah, that that is a very positive spin on on a player who some might have misgivings about and rather than just you know supplementing him with some yeah careworn striker who played for Newcastle last season or someone who's warming the bench or not even getting on the bench somewhere it's a better way of going about it and you still do have quite an impressive attack when everyone is fit and firing the trouble is as Solskjaer said players have got to step up Marshall needs to uh, Daniel James needs to as harsh as it sounds, Mason Greenwood needs to. I think that was a real harsh lesson he experienced against City, and that you know that's the level he's he's got to get to in time. But overall, um, what has been a pretty turbulent month is going to have a successful conclusion to it. Yeah, I think they've they've done it the right way around, spending if you like 29, 30 days of the window on on a Bruno Fernandez who's a long term signing who fits 
what they need and what they want. And if you've got a day or two to find a short-term striking solution, which would be a little bit of a bonus on loan, I think obviously is the, is the best solution for everyone, then fair play, go and go and find it. But we may find that that target is not attainable for United. Hernandez would have been... Yeah. Yeah. It would have been a logical yeah. punt. Someone who knows the Premier United League. DNA. <laughs> Happy to be on, yeah, kind of happy yeah. to be on the bench. Uh, can come on in games off the, off the bench and, and has a tendency to score Real goals. Please, can't do anything wrong. Yeah, it, it would have. I think I suspect they might be kicking themselves a little bit over that that LA Galaxy managed to get that deal sorted because he did pretty much tick every box in terms of what they needed as a as a short term option. Cavani's the one that, that fans will scream for on social media, but. I, that one isn't going to happen for many reasons being the fee that PSG will want for a player who's out of contract in the summer his age 32 the fact that United want a loan deal salary so there's Cavani FC among some fans on Twitter but that one's uh, not going to happen although he's, he is a quality player who would improve United don't need Cavani FC when you've got Rondon Rovers anyway so uh, we'll wait and see uh, That's Wolves, a good one, Wolves at home this weekend what do you expect from this we'll see United beat Wolves finally mm. at home yeah. uh, in the FA Cup but of course there was that game at Molyneux early in the season we had the, the two draws actually at Molyneux and the win at Old Trafford United's record have always been well documented and Nuno especially since he's taken over has made them a formidable side but what, you, what do you expect from United this weekend do you think it all comes down to whether Bruno's in the lineup or well they've, they've won the last two and the longest they've gone what, longest streak if you can call it that all season is, is three in a row so if, if they do manage to beat Wolves I think however if, if they however they do it it doesn't matter if they just beat Wolves that is a really good result and they can take a lot of positivity into their winter break and into that game against Chelsea on the 17th which is you know getting bigger by, by the day I think uh, but you know the feel good factor around United this season has last doesn't tend to last very long at all and Wolves if, you know, everybody's well aware of their merits uh, I think they could you know they're very unfortunate not to have taken the lead at Old Trafford in the cup game early this month um, because of the handball but they're they're an excellent side there's there's an awful lot to like about them and it, it could be a culture shock for for Fernandes coming up against Moutinho and, and Neves who are two very tenacious players who certainly with Moutinho who United could have had a free run at God knows how many years ago he's, he's really a player who they probably probably should have at least taken up at some stage when they had that cushy arrangement with um, with Sporting Lisbon but it wasn't meant to be Neves is a player who I think as, with all due respect to Wolves could could be playing at a higher level and, and might be next season um, if he has a good Euro. So uh, again, though, uh, as is the case with going into every United game, wouldn't be surprised if they win, lose or draw. That's just the way it goes. That's the... Uh, especially this, against Wolves as well. Yeah, especially. This, I mean, this this month has typified it. They, I mean, they, they, they beat City, but City looked like they were going to beat them 6-0 in the first leg. They lost... 2-0 at Arsenal with Fred kicking, you know, converting that free kick. But they somehow beat Wolves and yet they also lost at home to Burnley for the first time since the, the early 60s. I think this this month really just does highlight how erratic United are. Convincing win then, by all accounts it'll be. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. And I think somebody said last night that Solskjaer is now only the third manager to have inflicted two home defeats on Guardiola after Mourinho and Klopp. Yeah, and you know, you know, the first team to win twice at the Etihad of the season. 
since Arsenal, the other team to have done it. Wow. 04, 05. Not many teams get a chance to do it. Yeah, fairness. exactly. It's one of those stats that sounds <laughs> yes, really impressive. It does, it's yeah. Got, yeah. Got the cup. But yeah, it's. I think. Sorry, yeah, go on. I think. Wolves are almost like the vein and antidote to United. They can be the perfect opponents and they can be exactly what United don't want to come up against. We saw it in um, in both games at Molyneux, I think Samuel and I went to. United had spells where you thought, right, they're getting on top here. They've worked Wolves out a little bit and then Nuno will do something like bringing Traore off the bench I think he did in one game that was the league game wasn't yeah that was the league Norwich. game right at the start of the season it just completely threw United or there'll be a slight Wolves can slightly tweak their shape from either three in the front line or two and then one slightly behind and that could throw United off Solskjaer hasn't really got those tactical weapons in his armoury I don't think just yet maybe having an extra player of quality and Fernandez will, will help him combat uh, what Wolves can offer in midfield like Samuel says so yeah I, I'm going to v- say exactly what Samuel did and, and say all three results are probably equally possible it's probably flip of a coin stuff given United's nice inconsistency three-sided coin <laughs> yeah there you go yeah. it's a three-sided dice yeah the, pyramid. The, the Pogba penalty at Wolves was a weird sliding doors moment because if United won that evening they would have gone I know it was after two well, games top- but they'd have gone top for the first time since Lord knows when uh, and you'd imagine they probably wouldn't have lost to Palace in the next game at the very least uh, but <clears throat> Just you know, the whole the whole shambles of letting Pogba take the penalty and the mood afterwards and what have you just seemed to fester. And then they didn't really you know, arrest that slump at all. And they lost to Palace and they ended the month drawing against ten man Southampton. And the rest is history. Yeah, but I was, but I mean, you, the inconsistencies would have showed, I think, eventually. Yeah, yeah, it might have been a good start, but the the fact is that United squad has never been this season has not been built to to go on a winning streak, and that's shown no. out in that three game is their best winning streak of the season it's not even a streak is it it's just a couple of yeah. easy games that they've won every now and then and every team has that in the season even when they get relegated every team that's got relegated will have two or three wins in a row so. but United yeah, have got to build up to that game against Chelsea on the 17th they've got to go into the break with momentum and have the confidence to then go and win at Stamford Bridge and then they've, they've, they've given themselves a real chance in the league they've almost turned their league season around within two games so who knows